0: the beer edu podcast episode 131 brain racers with janender khana welcome to the beer edu podcast the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers with your hosts kyle anderson and ben dixon What is up, Benjamin? How are we doing, my friend?
1: I am great. It is episode 131 of the Beer You podcast. And if we're together, probably should start with some introductions.
0: You, my friend, I am Kyle Anderson. I am a special education facilitator in Las Vegas, Nevada. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Anderson EdTech. I'm also on Untapped at Anderson EdTech, and then my Peloton name is also Anderson EdTech. I have a blog, andersonedtech.net, a lot of Anderson EdTechs. If you can't find me after hearing all that, you're you're not typing it in. You're right not trying. Right. <laughs> um, I am also the author of To the Edge, Successes and Failures to Risk-Taking. That is available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and through my publisher, Edumatch Publishing. And you, my friend, you are? Uh,
1: ben Dixon. I am a principal in Reno, so north of you, my friend. And I am... You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, untapped at NV. And since this is uh, the beer EDU, we have beers to talk about?
0: I say question that. Question mark.
1: Question yeah. mark? We're doing yeah. something different.
0: Yeah, a little different. Um, we, we got into this a little bit last episode. We were yes. talking about summer beers last episode. And one of the things we talked a little bit about was the hard seltzer. So right. um, which threw me down a rabbit hole, which an hour and a half rabbit hole of reading about this. And well, I will share what I found out in our Learn About. So there, dead giveaway. We're talking hard seltzers for Learn About this yes. week. So figured that we would go, when in Rome style, and do, do the hard seltzers. Now, yeah. my wife likes these things, so there's a few of them in the fridge. I actually had a few to choose from, but the one I ended up choosing is from a German company called Shorebreak. And okay. this one is a raspberry and lemongrass spiked sparkling water. So it also says hard from the so um, it is 5% ABV. There's no IBU. Um, it is gluten-free. For those of you that are gluten-free out there, there are only two grams of carbs in these things. And there's only 100 calories. And this one is made with natural flavors. So there's actual like raspberry, lemongrass flavor in this. It's uh, mm. it's not terrible. I mean, okay, I would probably... If given the choice between a hard seltzer and a beer on the shelf, I'm gonna probably buy the beer. But yep. this one's not bad. Um, it is definitely better than some of the hard seltzers I've had. I've had some pretty terrible ones, um, yeah. but there's also a couple out there that I've had that are better than this one too. So okay. but, um, it's not bad. So, okay. but uh, you you actually went the hard seltzer out yourself.
1: I did. I did. So I went with one called Seven Peaks Hard Seltzer. So like you, my wife likes these. My son is visiting from San Francisco and this is like, he prefers this. So we, I was like, okay, we were out today. I bought some, I knew we were going to talk about this. So mine is a Mandarin Greyhound. Um, It is, this is out of Bend, Oregon. Um, They use apple so this is made with apple wine and apple juice. So it's only 4.7% ABV, zero IBUs, zero sugar. And, and, and you see my notes. Meh. I yeah. mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever drank. And it's like some of the ones, and we've talked about this, some of the bigger name ones taste like chemicals to me. I just t- it doesn't taste, I don't know. It just does it tastes weird. And, yeah, they're,
0: that manufactured fruit flavoring. So yeah, like this, I, cough medicine, Yes, flavored, almost like you know, where yeah. like you know, when you were a kid and you got the children's NyQuil or whatever, That's and it's that chemically yeah. cherry flavor. Yeah, there are some of them out there that do kind of taste yeah. like that, so I totally understand where you're coming
1: yeah. from. Yeah, this, I mean, it has just a weird, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I have to pour it in a glass, so it's not the worst one I've drank. Um, it's actually not bad. Um, you know, I wouldn't like you said if I were at a store and I had to choose between this and I'll just say any other beer. I would buy beer
0: <laughs> so yeah, there we I'm are sure. yeah. so um while um we, we're kind of uh talking about some uh this stuff real quick before we introduce our guest um we actually yep. got a little note coming in right now from a um mr galarza palma from Quito, ecuador that's a fan of the show coming in on yeah. youtube right now so um cheers to you as well milton I uh, appreciate you listening watching wow. Right and uh on, I, that is probably one of the furthest away uh that guess. might be the winner <laughs> that might be the winner so far so i like it right so on. but um but we do have a guest that yes. is in the northern hemisphere with us um although keto is right on the on the equator i can't remember if that's north or southern hemisphere so really Ooh. close mm. so but um we have coming to us right now in the northern hemisphere is Janender kana gk you yes. told us to calls G- yeah Trump we're going to call him gk cuz
1: so I'm going to butcher that. So GK, welcome <laughs> to the show, right. my friend. Thank you, Thank for, you for joining us. Me. Awesome. So awesome. you also brought a beer, something we've never seen. So yeah. What do you have?
2: Something local. Have, yeah. Yeah. It's a Mill Street brewery from here and it's the Mill Street organic lager. So cool. it's a re- relatively light beer. Uh, we talked about this a bit, 4.2% alcohol and uh, 11 IBU. So uh, definitely a good tasting beer. It's it's refreshing. Um, I think there's a there are probably some hard seltzers that are very refreshing too. But going the beer train, you know, this is definitely one of the refreshing beers. And uh, and yeah, so that's what I got right now. It's it's, it's going well. Awesome. And and
0: where you said that's local to where you're at now. Where are you coming at us from?
2: Yeah, so I'm uh, Toronto, Canada, and uh, more specifically, it's uh, Mississauga. If any listeners or viewers know that, it's a little bit west of uh, Toronto. And I don't want to misspeak, so I won't say the exact like specificity of where Mill Street uh, Brewery is, but it's in this area. I I think it is Ontario, and then I don't know exactly where they started, so um, I won't speak to that. But definitely, it's been a local beer, and it's it's uh, gotten. A very good uh, uh, feedback and customer base now you get it everywhere people order it repeatedly, so it's gone well for them awesome and I am aware of mississauga i'm a big hockey fan, so oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
0: I, yeah growing up in michigan I, i've been to southern Ontario before, and i don 't oh, know yeah. if i've ever been to mississauga, but uh, you know with yeah. uh, with all my hockey watching you know the Ontario Junior League and everything so no I'm definitely aware and I'm sure we do have some Canadian listeners out there as well I know Roland Chidiak who lives in Waterloo Ontario he'll he'll know where Mississauga is as well percent. yeah 100 so well GK thank you for joining us taking some time out of your busy schedule because uh you know based on what um you contact us to talk about uh something that um I'm very excited to hear more about this but uh, before we get into that let's hear a little bit about who you are what you do because yeah. you're not the traditional educator that we typically have on the show like you you've got a totally different career path that kind of leads into education in a different way
2: yeah yeah uh fair yeah i'll just i'll just go ahead give a bit bit of a background uh i've uh, grown up uh, in india and sri lanka uh that was where my early education was so i got to see how education works till i think grade. Uh, I was seven or eight years old in India and then we moved uh, to Sri Lanka and then I came over to the US and I was in the US for about six, seven years. And then I moved to Canada for the last eight, nine years. So a little bit and I got to see uh, because my mom has been a teacher for this entire span of time, 20 plus years, I actually got to see how education works in these different countries when I was younger because I was learning, but also from her lens of teaching kids and how the systems work. Uh, So I didn't realize till much later, and I'll get into how it came to be Brain Racers, uh, which was only a few years ago, uh, on how much value and insight that had provided me. uh, I only kind of realized that once I reflected, on, okay, how has education been in the different areas and where I want to have an impact. Um, so fast forward a bit, I, I, uh, I um, grew up in these countries and then I studied industrial engineering. That was down in Atlanta, at Georgia Tech, very you know cool program. I really enjoyed it, stats, economic analysis, definitely something I'm very into. And then I work in industry uh, for a while. I was in the energy space, in telecom. There's a company here called Rogers. That was my longest sort of uh, spiel. Um, and, uh, and different roles, product, marketing, uh, process improvement, some related to my major, some not too much. Um, I always knew I was going to get into entrepreneurship. Uh, About 11, 12 years ago, I created a a doctor patient scheduling app where you can find specialists in your area, pediatricians or any type of specialist. So, zip code by zip code. This is when I was in uh, North Carolina. Um, The quick version of it, we didn't end up, we built an amazing product, spent about 18 months on it, but we didn't really pursue it. My co founders had two newborn kids, and the priorities were not lining up. I was also quite young, so I didn't have the conviction or at least like the guts to just go and like take it forward. And, you know, we all got our path to take. But uh, but I once that was done, I was like, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, I got, I'm going to come back into it. And four or five years ago was when I started thinking about it uh, deeply. I was like, OK, well, if I want to get into something, um, you know, whether it takes five years or 20 years, like what's a space that I want to put my energy, my mental space into? And. One thing about me is I've been making games since I was a kid, uh, like random like clue-based games or word games, language games, all sorts of games. And I'm also a game show host on TikTok and mostly Instagram too, uh, where again I make games and I play this with the community every Thursday, Friday. Uh, it's played under Brain Racers, so at Brain Racers is our handle. And uh, yeah, there are clue games, they are fun like uh, hidden language games, uh, so all sorts of games. Um, And uh, a few years ago, when I was thinking about what area I want to have an impact, I was like, well, you know, game design is a big thing for me. And then education is a big thing for me because of the visibility I've had into it. And just a a more natural sort of um, intuitive nature. I don't know where it comes from. I love education. I love knowledge. I love learning. And I know a lot of people do. And I'm sure we're all, we have plenty of like resources for knowledge today. Uh, But I genuinely I've always felt that I want to have an impact in that direction. So that's where like the the spark of the sort of direction came from, right? And then it was about research and meditating on it and figuring out where exactly it aligns for me. And then I started researching, and what I saw was um, a few different like let's call them like problems in the system. But honestly, it's just it came from a different time. So you know, I think there's like good and bad everywhere. But I saw that education is set up where based on age group, we are taking kids class by class. Uh, you know, now this may be changing, uh, but I think like looking at their skill and learning style and where they need the help should be more important than just your age. And then, you know, we're just pushing you to the next one and the next one. And, and like I said, these things are changing. That was one thing I saw. Then I also um, looked at how... Uh, we look at like, you know, physical sports and everyone gets excited about physical sports and now about gaming and esports. Whereas when I looked at academic competitions or any intellectual sports, even poker and chess have done well, but uh, that level of cultural excitement wasn't there. So this was a big gap to me. Um, And I'll just take 30 seconds more on this. But when I look deeper, I saw that physical sports we like celebrate these athletes because over the last 100 150 years they've created entertainment entities mega entertainment entities nba nfl mlb the whole list and that has allowed neighborhood athletes to become superstars right and these superstars inspire millions of kids michael jordan serena williams it's in every sport and then these kids they you know follow they they, they play that sport and it's genuine inspiration and that spiral just goes higher and higher because you know TV came, then there's more viewership. Then digital came, there's more viewership. So everything came, became bigger and bigger. And um, and I didn't see that same uh, change or at least evolution happen uh, yet in academic sports and academic you know uh, competitions. It, 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 it's starting to again. I think the waves are there. Uh, but these were the gaps that I was seeing. And then I was like, well, you know what? let's make a new sort of game, uh, an esports platform for education. Let's figure out how do we make the game engaging? Cause if the kids are not engaged, like really that's the first step. Uh, how do we make it so that it's useful for teachers? So they actually want to use it, not just for the engagement and this entertainment side. And, um, and then one step at a time, Brain Races was formed. So I could keep going, but I'll take a pause cause you know, this is this the intro, but um, that's, the, that's the brief version of it, yeah. And that became Brain Racers.
1: Cool. So, so I, so I have a question. So, like thinking back to your, to your journey in education, was there a point, like, was there someone or, or something that happened in your education trajectory where someone, where you kind of were like, okay, this is a thing I can do and I can take this path. Or did that come like later on, like once you got to college or things like that?
2: Ooh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think when I was like younger than college, um, I wasn't even doing like the meta thinking of like how things are going. I was in, in the flow of whatever society and parents and everybody required. Uh, fortunately I, I was, uh, good at academics, you know, and so the grades were great. Um, I was, uh, able to, you know, uh, go well to college, but what, uh, like, like how I will have an impact on education and what I see as the like the pros and cons of even my learning style back in India and Sri Lanka that came later. Ben, when I actually reflected on it and um, and thought more about it, yeah. But at early age, I was just like, okay, we gotta get we gotta get grades and we want to go out and then you know want to play sports yep. <laughs> or whatever it is and then go to college get a job. That was like the norm, right? And and so I was part of that norm for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how old
0: you are, um, but I know me coming up, I, I came up in the age of where computers in homes became more popular. And then, you know, the internet was starting to come about. And, you know, I mean, it was the dial up, you know, you, I still, whenever I hear that dial up internet sound or whatever, it just yeah. brings back memories or whatever. But th- there really wasn't those things in classrooms that really. Were game-based necessarily yeah. unless a teacher yeah. came up with something like you know i had the yeah. teachers that did like you know jeopardy but it was where they drew it out on the board or mm-hmm. something like that and then they erased the dollar amounts or whatever and yeah uh, and again going back to the computers in homes this is when we had the cd-roms of like some like trivia games or whatever mm-hmm. i remember having this one called you don't know jack I and know. it was like it was this really snarky Sarcastic, yeah. like, quote unquote host. Ben, you're you're familiar. Oh, so I mean, do. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I remember there was a sports one, there was a TV one, there was a movies one, and then there was like a general trivia one. But I mean, that was me, and I had fun doing it. But like right. again, it wasn't something that was widely available for classrooms. And then obviously, you fast forward to things like now you have quizzes, you've got Quizlet, you've got yeah. Quiz yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So you. Taking your experiences, your learning style, have come up with this app, Brain Racers. Now, so that's right. This is th- this is going to end up being a long answer, I'm sure. To and it's two it's a two part question. What really like how does the whole app work? The game work uh, yeah. with it, and what really kind of sets it apart makes it different from some of the ones that are right. already out there.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a great question. Um, so uh, let me talk about what kind of how Brain Races works, and then I can even talk about some of the differentiators. Um, so as the name suggests, at the core is a racing game uh, where questions or challenges are shown to the players, and they're just going bam, bam, bam. And, and it's meant to be relatively quick questions. We're, we're really well-suited for the grades three to seven, three to six where you know but you know it's math and then like four digit numbers five digit numbers it's not like where you need to spend a lot of time where where you do when you're older Um, so in the race you can see your pins your position there's a timer running out if you get something wrong you're not out of the race you just get a penalty and you're and you're shown the correct answer but then you're back in the race so if you fall behind on the math section or english section you can then catch up later on in a geography or a or a pattern section or something like that um so that's the core of it racing experience why we went with the racing experience was again we analyzed a little bit of like like physical sports we looked at the olympics and it's the 100 meter sprint that gets the mass viewership hussein bolt and then the relays and for whatever reason we can you know connect with racing um, more than other more complicated styles. And so we wanted to keep it very basic instead of having like different games for math or for patterns or for other things. We went, let's go with that racing experience. It's very gripping Uh, for whatever reason. That's what we've seen. Um, The second big thing is that we didn't want it to be just about academics. Uh, In schools, and y'all keep me honest here, but. I see that in schools, we actively teach all of like the knowledge topics, math, English, science, social studies, all that, but we don't actively train the mind. We don't like say like this is how you should train your memory or your attention to detail or your pattern recognition. It happens passively because you have you know, state exams and you have all these other exams and tests to do. Uh, this may be changing, uh, but everything I've seen so far, it's very actively academics and passively cognition we wanted to switch that a bit so our game has a mix of knowledge categories and cognitive skills that's that's the fundamental what we believe to be like the foundations of what should be education after that it can be personal right like once you have a solid math english foundation and you know how you have a sharp mind if you want to be a lawyer then you wanna have more speed reading, more English. If you wanna be an engineer, more math and science. If you wanna be an artist, probably more creativity and pattern recognition. So every path has its personalization, but at the base foundation, we felt that you need good knowledge, Good cognitive skills so all our content is categorized in those umbrellas this is one of the differences that i don't see as much in like the cahoots or the quizlets or booklets of the world uh, and then the racing experience we've had really good feedback and response from the kids so far 82 uh, percent said they love the experience they find it very gripping in fact when we did some of our tournaments guys this was amazing because uh, some of them were online right because there's been a hybrid right some are in person some are online but a lot of our tournaments have been online, inter-teacher or individual teachers. And these kids, they'll be talking and all that. And once the races begin, they go quiet. They're just like in it. Like, like, and they they don't want to lose. Like I was amazed to see it. Like, and some of them they would be practicing. They'll be like, Mr. Wong, we don't want to lose to you know Mr. Jack's class. Like, what do we need to do? Because the tournament's on Friday. So we saw this amazing, engaging experience that we've built, which covers knowledge and cognitive skills. And we're just starting to bring all the esports layers where the social uh, side of it uh, brings the engagement to another level. Because when we started doing inter-class, that's when we saw something even more special. These kids did not want to lose to another class and they were ready to practice, play in teams, whatever. And what are they doing, guys? They're doing math and English. But after some math and English, they're doing some jigsaw puzzles or some pattern games. So it doesn't become stale for them. So here's a few that's like hopefully gives uh, an idea of what the race is, some of the entertaining tournaments, and then some of the content as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, that um that 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 gives me a little bit of a better idea now. So, um, right. I, I'm kind of picturing it a little bit like you know like a traditional esports would be, you know, a, a Madden tournament or mm-hmm. uh, or you know an NHL. 22k or whatever. Right. Uh, I can't remember the name of the game right now. Yeah, uh, so you good. I'm not much of a gamer, so and, yeah. Uh, but um, but oh, Mario Kart. That's the one that there was a tournament. I would totally be in a Mario Kart. So. You're not
1: gonna play Overwatch, but you're gonna play Mario Kart. We
0: know. Yeah, so. <laughs> I <laughs> but, would play Overwatch. Um, but you know, with the traditional esports tournament, that that's what you're going for. Is like more of those sports games or whatever, or maybe even like at the college level, maybe there's Call of Duty or something. I don't even know. It depends. There's so many of these popping up now. Yeah. Yeah. But so what I'm picturing here is that you're almost—I don't. This doesn't. It's it's not going to sound right, but it's almost like you're tricking the kids into learning a little bit. Yeah. Because because it, it's yeah. an esports thing, but it's, it's academic
1: gamification. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's it, but it's gamification on another level though based yeah. of, because i mean most people that listen to the show i'm sure they're using things like quizzes or quizlet or whatever but yeah. this sounds yeah. like something on just on another it, level it sounds like on steroids like yes. it's
2: way bigger than that yes okay. absolutely it it also should help drive some of that culture some of that early stuff i was saying how physical athletes and champions drive a culture that sport and now it's happening in gaming and esports right and and like 15 years ago i don't think we would have been able to do it the way we are today because people didn't watch video games right that only happened in the last few years so that whole like culture is already changing and now we celebrate the winners of fortnite that was like a 16 year old kid i forget his name won 3 million right so it's already happening and i think if we bring a bit of that into academics and learning uh we can drive some of that culture and by the way uh, guys i am happy i don't know what the sharing screen and all that happens here but i'm happy to show you the game it's a free game available on any device laptops tablets whatever uh, no sign-in required uh, whether we show it now or later i just wanted to mention that it's at game.brainraces.gg anybody can play no sign up no sign in right. and you can set your own private rooms and play yeah
1: oh yeah yeah and I, I did take a look before we started like you there's a whole like there's an app to download it looks like it's across multiple platforms those yeah kind of things which I think is is super cool yeah. so then so there is there a way so like when kids or, or anybody plays is there just kind of like a like with some and I'm thinking about like maybe my experience with some platforms that we use with students for you know working on math skills there's some way to kind of figure out where kids are at and then target questions to them. But in yours, it sounds a little different. This is just like, hey, you're gonna get in there and try, we're doing multiplication or whatever it is.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, yes, yes Yes. and no, but tell me if I'm um, hitting the point here. Um, You can choose the subjects, for example. You you can choose the difficulty. And what the teachers have asked for next, these are the two next features we're building. By the way, everything we do, we do it with teachers. We build with teachers we talked like until the summer started i was talking to a couple of teachers every week for for at least a year so like this is very normal for me it's where i like i like to understand what they're facing what they need all of that good stuff. Um, so what they asked for is like, right now you can choose like math or science or English and then you know set up your own private room. Uh, they want more specific topics. Sort of where you were going, Ben, which is like you know if I'm teaching right. uh, arithmetic and like or, or or maybe like perimeter or area geometry, whatever I'm teaching, I want to be able to reinforce that. And then I want to all so so we're already ta- we've tagged uh, we have about seven eight thousand questions in our library. Um, And we've already tagged all of them with specific topics, like all linked to curriculum standards. So far, Common Core, uh, Ontario Curriculum, and we just started the Texas Standards um, uh, uh, T-Star. I'm forgetting the name. I do apologize. But those are the only three so far. And we'll keep tagging by standards. So then you'll be able to choose. Here's my standards. Here's the topics I'm teaching. Here's my grade level. And pop. races get created. That, so that,
1: that's exactly what I was thinking. Cause I, I know with teachers where like, let's say I'm a teacher, I'm a, I'm an eighth grade math teacher, algebra teacher. And I know my kids are struggling with this particular concept. I would love to have them focus. Like that yes. reinforces that. So that's awesome. Exactly,
2: exactly. And the second part they asked for was, uh, we, cr- we we kind of created like this cognitive dashboard that shows you the performance data, of all, you know, the students, but the student has to like, uh, give it. it. Not The teacher cannot access any other users. Okay. Uh, yeah, the student has to allow it. But what the teacher said, this is really interesting because they said that you know, we don't need all in-depth reporting. Just give us the quick insights. Like, what's the toughest, you know, question for my class? What's the toughest topic and subject for my class? So now we're updating our results screen so that when you're using this as a reinforcement tool, that's where a lot of the teachers are headed. They like, we're not a teaching tool, we're a very good reinforcement tool. Pop, pop, pop. You know, very easy for them to create this, no grading required, none of that, right? They save all that time. And we'll add those quick insights so you can see that here's the toughest topic that your class is struggling with, you know, utility in the moment. And that's where we're headed, at the base platform. On top of that, when we do tournaments, I can't say that it'll be specific topics, but it'll be difficulty levels, right? Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, with your bank of questions you have so far, uh, what was it, the teachers you were meeting with that were writing these questions? Or or do you have a That was my question. Team, yeah, or do you have a team, like your, your development yeah. team that's doing this, or so how does, where are the questions coming from?
2: We, we have a team, and this is what my mom leads, basically, being the educator, the teacher, and most recently in Canada. And uh, she has basically, uh, we've worked with designers on creating content. Uh, sometimes we've bought content. Uh, we're relatively early stage, so we don't spend a lot on content yet, but we have bought questions, and then we've created at least a few thousand ourselves. And my I myself included, I've sat and brainstormed on how do you take like your... math hasn't changed. English hasn't changed. It's not going to change. It's how do we find like creative ways of testing it and like, you know, making it more engaging. So that's really where we focus our attention on. The next wave of our content generation will be AI based. So NLP programs, natural language processing is now reaching very good levels and they will create content like, like unlimited, uh, pretty much unlimited content will be created at a snap of a finger uh, whether that happens this year or next year that will be the next wave of content creation where i think our content team comes in is creativity i hire for my content team based on creativity like i said that the content is not going to change uh right it's just how can we find new more engaging ways of asking the same questions engaging these kids and with enough blend or a mix of questions so that they don't get bored of one topic unless they want to do do just math that's fine but for most kids we don't want it to get stale we want them to be excited to keep playing for as long as possible Um, tomorrow it'll be crowdsourced as well guys so we've created uh and and i won't go too far into this because it's a bit away from the question but like with our portal where we manage all the questions will be given to teachers so they will be able to create their own questions, their own race journeys. And then some of those, if they're the highest rated, will be something that parents and other users will pay for. So teachers will have a way of making secondary income, residual income. So once they create these journeys, they can just start earning passive income. I do wanna bring new money into the ecosystem and that's one of the ways we'll be approaching it.
0: And that actually leads into what my next question was gonna be is uh, with a, a startup, you know, there's obviously costs, so right now, for a user, what is the
2: cost for it? Free, absolutely free. It's free for teachers, free for users. Uh, I don't plan to charge teachers or users unless we have some really deep platform capability. And still I would keep it cheap for teachers. Where I wanna make the money from is corporations and parents. Uh, and depending on the corporation and parent, they all have relative scales of uh, disposable money. Uh, but uh, corporations can sponsor tournaments. For example, like the, the high school basketball tournament, uh, I think for a while was sponsored by McDonald's. And I don't know who their latest sponsor is, but we could find some great sponsors for this brain-based competition. I think a lot of people can get behind this. And, uh, and we could even do like, like a financial literacy tournament and have a bank sponsor it for example. So that's, again, new money into the ecosystem. And who who does that money go to? The winners of the tournaments. Who's that? The teachers and the students. So that's kind of like the cycle. And then parents can pay for any in-game purchases, in-app, kind of like if we have education content built with brain racers in mind, uh, reports and uh, specific content races, those can all be charged uh, to the parents.
0: No, I absolutely think that there's a market for it, because, I mean, you're talking that here in the last 10 years, one of the big events on ESPN is now the script spelling bee. Spelling Velling bee. Yes, I would have never, <laughs> never thought that a spelling bee would yeah. ever be televised. I mean I participated in those as a kid and you know maybe your parents showed up to watch it and it wasn't like uh everybody's screaming and there's like air horns or anything. And I don't think that's how it is on ESPN yeah. at this point. But but millions of dollars get sunk into that to have it televised at this point. And now ESPN is starting to show the madden tournaments and the nba and the mlb the show tournaments whatever so why not having a corporation sponsor one of these brain race tournaments and having it go somewhere
2: yeah we would love to be the new spelling bee that covers all topics and is built with the new age of entertainment In mind, Spelling Bee, as much as coming on ESPN, and they had I think six hundred thousand viewers in their last round, which is very good concurrent viewership for an intellectual tournament. But if you actually look at the setup, um, it's it's not they don't have all the entertainment kind of elements yet. Uh, You know, like like in sports, right? We have like trading cards or digital versions of it, right, where you can see the stats of players and you know how they're doing, and then there's some animation behind it and all that. Like that doesn't exist yet. So, in fact, no, no call-out, but I think their team has a lot of potential that they could really enhance the Spelling Bee tournament even more. Uh, and for us, uh, we want to be the new Spelling Bee, which is the Brain Racers Championships, hopefully a stepping stone towards the Brain Olympics.
1: Yeah. No, that's I, I totally see a direction for this going, like you said, that, that change in that culture to where, you know, the the heroes, so to speak, you know, your athletes, those kind of things. But now we're gonna talk about kids who are using their brain and academic success can be celebrated for that. So Absolutely. I think that's super awesome. So I think so I'm I'm curious about like like your pathway through this. Like what advice would you give to like a young person coming up, like, hey, I have this app idea or something? Because it sounds like you've done this for a while. Like, yeah. like how do people start doing this? Like if, if you have an idea, like I have a great idea for an app, like what do yeah. I do?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Great question. Um, Once you already have the idea, I mean, I I would start figuring out how to bring some level of it into reality, Uh, right? Pre-idea, you got to many ways, look for problems and figure out a solution. That's an idea. Figure out who you are, and then that's the way to find an idea or a direction. But after you have the idea, I would look for, okay, well, this idea is going to solve this problem or it's going to enhance this ecosystem or area. And so start figuring out who are going to be your stakeholders. Uh, Is it users, customers, or a mix of uh, other types of stakeholders? Uh, Start talking to them, right? See is your idea really that great of an idea or every idea generally evolves. So I would start having those conversations very early. I would also figure out who are maybe, the core two or three people you need to bring this to reality. Is it just you? Then get at it. You know, build today, no code tools with coding, whatever the approach you take. Uh, that's if it's, a, if it's a technical idea, excuse me. Uh, but if you need you know, some other skill set, then figure that out and you can find skill sets everywhere through your own personal networking or events that are going on, things like that. Um, so I would say if you are talking to your stakeholders, if you have the right team to build it, then just start building. And build and show it to the stakeholders and then just keep doing that repeatedly. Uh, even for us, when we started, uh, we kind of thought about it like, um, Are you smarter than a fifth grader? If you know that game show. Yeah. So our first product was launched right. for everybody. Uh, and, and it is still av- available to everybody. But at the moment, we weren't focused on teachers and students specifically. We said, Okay, you know how? Are you smarter than fifth grader? So anybody can play. There'll be kids, there'll be others. Right. So we had old people playing for mental health, we had young kids playing for competition. But then last year, when we started doing tournaments with teachers, we saw that, you know, something special happened. And the reason we got there is we were experimenting with our like stakeholders and who we thought our users would be. And then we found where this works really well for reinforcement, et cetera, et cetera. And then we just kept building in that way. And then at early on, Kyle, Ben, we had like maybe 20, 30 teachers and I was doing tournaments with them. Now we have like over 200 teachers wow. and like, Yeah. And it's just been step by step, you know, a conference here or an organic referral here or some Twitter outreach here. And eventually, and and we're not trying to grow super, super fast or anything. We want to make an amazing product that every teacher is like, yeah, I want to use this every day because it saves me all this time. My kids are engaged. And then the culture is like amazing. So to answer your question, get to it, talk to your stakeholders and find a team to build it and get to it and find maybe a mentor. Because if you you asked for young people, right? So for young people, I would say go and find a mentor. You know, someone who's maybe been through it, maybe four years or eight years ahead of you, either building a startup or uh, you know they've already done it and exited, whatever it may be. Talk to them. They'll happily provide advice and try to find one mentor who can help guide you. Yeah.
0: So on your website, I see where you can download it for iOS devices, uh, iPhone, iPad. Um, is there uh, like a, is there a PC or, yeah. or a desktop version of it? And then is there plans for an Android version of it as well?
2: Yeah, yeah. So if you scroll down a bit, there should be a button called play. We need to redo our website a little bit with our latest uh, sort of product evolution. When we launched, we launched iOS only. Uh, you know, we felt like it would be a nice, smooth iOS has a smoother experience relatively. But the teachers basically, the first feedback unanimously was like, bring this to the web. There's like, you know, like, yes, during the pandemic, they could get their mom's phone or something, and we were able to play and do the tournaments, but bring it to the web. So we launched game.brainraces.gg, which is our web app. So we actually don't even focus too much on iOS evolution right now because everybody said bring it to the web. So we're focused on our web solution. And that, if you just scroll a little bit down on the website, and we'll reorganize so it's on the top. Uh, but it's game.brainracers.gg. So it'll take you there. And then you can uh, sign in if you want, or you can just put guest mode and you're in and you'll see a few different game modes there. Um, yeah. So,
1: yeah. So people can play cross-platform basically.
2: Then. 100%. Okay. 100%. Okay. And, and we'll bring cool. it to Android maybe later this year mm-hmm. uh, if needed, because again, right. yeah. yeah if you have it on the web, you pretty much have covered everything. So that, yes. that's cool. And it's optimized uh, for mobile, so even if you're playing on a mobile device on a Google Chrome or Safari, it looks perfect for mobile.
0: Yeah, I, I found the the, uh, the the game side of it now too, and I and I see I love this like live event, and it tells <laughs> you like a- you can be online with other people right now uh, where we're at uh, twelve fifteen a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. So you'd have to do a little conversion for yeah. whatever uh, time zone you're in. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think for Ben, for you and I, I believe that would be eight hours prior. So like, yes. uh, like 4, 15 in the afternoon, the next live event would be. Yes, um, but okay. then you get the on-demand racing one where you can play. Yes. And then I also see you got some ones that, they, they must be in the work still, the challenges, the chill mode, personal training, um, oh, cool. some things that you're working on at
2: this point. We, we have those in our iOS app. Uh, they're uh, just, yes, they are being refined and then we'll bring them into the web. The on-demand racing was the most requested uh, by teachers. That's why, so by the way, we prioritize almost always by teachers and students. Um, and so right. on-demand racing allows you, there's a public race every 60 seconds. That's great. But there's also like a private room that you can host. Like if you played Among Us, where you get a code, yeah. right? So yeah, so you can do that. Yeah. And if you do go in there, anybody who's trying this out, on the bottom right, there's a settings button. So if you mm. click on settings, then you can go into the topics and be like, I only want to do English. Or right. I only want to do math. And then, uh, and then yeah, you share that private code and people join. And Which, you can play.
1: Right, which I think is is a great selling point for families and and for teachers because one of the things we do worry about is digital security and those kind of things. So if you're a teacher, it's just your class playing. Or maybe it's like my class, I'm in my classroom and Kyle's in his classroom next door. I'm like, okay, we're going to play at 2 o'clock. So that's a great feature.
2: Absolutely, yeah, thank you. And then you can share the private code and play amongst yourselves. And we're going to in- essentially enhance that so then you can start seeing stats. The more races you play, just for your private room, you can be like, all right, here's how the quick bites of how my class is doing or, or the combination of classes. Uh, we don't have team racing yet. That's the one, the third item that's on the list. So that right now it's all individual, but then you'll be able to be like, all right, let's, these are Ben's team, Kyle's team, Right. Well, and I think that's kind
1: of like that that whole esports thing is that creation of those teams. So if you watch, like Kyle, you were saying Madden, those kind of things like Overwatch, Fortnite, I mean, that's becoming a very team
2: oriented sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the more we talk about like some of this esports and entertainment side, I I think it's important for me to mention, it's not just the gameplay. This is all the platform for teachers. But we live stream, for example, our public tournaments and our public events, right? And we and sometimes um, on TikTok we'll have like over a thousand concurrent viewers slash players wow. with us. Yeah, and they're just playing the content casually or they're watching. And then once we have tournaments launching in July, and I'll, I'll definitely send y'all a note about that, um, cool. then we're gonna have like casting. That's where I think it becomes really cool. So so one thing I really like is soccer commentary, especially the energized soccer commentary and i think in a race format it could work yep. really well yeah like ben's in the lead he's almost there and cars right behind him. behind him and coming up on the right. puzzle section that's his skill you know like you can make it really hyped up so that's what we're gonna yeah. test with yeah well
1: and i think that's a great idea because that's so i think the the great thing about sports is the narrative i think that's it, it's the narrative of the player i mean and like like i'm i'm a huge soccer fan but i'm a super into bike racing and i can tell you all about your guys from Europe that that race professionally on the road or cycle, you know, on mountain bike or something. But, and I think Kyle, you would agree it's the same thing with hockey or any sport. I mean, it's, it's not just watching your player. It's the narrative of that player telling a story. Um, you know, who's good, who's bad, the, the bad guy versus the good guy.
0: No, absolutely. And um, I'm getting more into soccer specifically because of the commentators yeah. because okay. of the story that they're able to tell. And then, I mean, I'm not even going to attempt it on here, but some of those commentators, especially some of the Spanish language ones, when a goal is yeah. scored, the <laughs> goal for like 30 seconds straight, I mean, that yes. that right there, I live for a goal yeah. score just because of that alone. It's the energy. I, absolutely.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. And I think, GK, you're onto something with that commentator because like there'll be things that I watch. Okay, I'll just like, I started watching cricket. I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan. And then I started watching cricket. I'm like, what's up with this? And then the reason I got hooked was the announcer explaining not just the game, but the players and who's this player and what's their story. I think that's huge. And I think that would be huge for kids because that's that narrative piece.
2: hundred percent. And yeah, that's what we hope. Uh, We will be launching this, the tournament side very soon. And with that, we'll launch casting. And um, yeah, I I agree with everything you are saying and, Hopefully, we see this come to fruition too with our site as well. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Now, you mentioned that you currently are hosting game shows on TikTok and Instagram. Right. So it
2: would be remiss if we didn't learn a little bit more about that while we're here too. Yeah. How's yeah. that work? So, so I've, uh, like I said, because I've been making games since a um, very young age. And then a few years ago, I was like, man, I need to be doing like, Once I got into like the internal self-awareness more and more, like all of this came out more and I was like, I need to bring this more into my life. Like, this is who I am. It's who I like to be. So about 18 months ago, I started hosting, uh, it's called Game Time. You can see the board behind me, that's the Game Time board. Um, And so, and then I have lights and all around. And then, uh, yeah, I started making different games. So an example, and they're not like anything, uh, well, most of them are like, spinoffs of common games like I'm not doing something like exceptionally different but sometimes they are so for example it would be like a game called Clued In and uh, I'd be like get glued in for Clued In and so we start playing you know you gotta have a little bit of a one liner and I will give clues and they start high level and then they get uh, more focused with every clue and then the users are commenting different answers what they think it could be so with the first clue they kind of have an idea so it'll be like you know We we all use this, almost all of us, and they'll be like, you know, cars, brain, mind, and then I'll be like, okay, clue two, like we all have this, almost all of us, and then then they they have a little bit more specific, then I'll be like, this is also the name of a TV show, and now they got something a little more specific that they're trying to figure out. Okay, we all use it, we all have it. What could it be? And then eventually I'll give like a more specific clue. I'll be like, well, you know, we said we use it. Will we use it for entertainment, for communication? And the answer is voice, right? Uh, So it's, yeah, this one's a very simple one. And I always, and 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 I make all the clues myself, all of it. So I'll be like inside this. Yeah, so the one of the words was, oh, the one actually right behind me, you can't read it because of the lights shining. Um, But it was basically, yeah, clue one was we all use this. And then I said inside this word, is another word which is the definition for when you uh, measure something specifically or you try to assess the measurement um, or, or, or yeah, you determine the measurement and it's meant the word is supposed to be gauge the whole word is language so you know inside this word is gauge right so different different things like that i'll, I'll um, use as clues so that's just like one example of a game called clued in
1: so so while you're doing this are
2: you watching the feed of like people's responses? Yeah. And, and the way, <laughs> great, great oh. questions. Yeah. So what happens is, so I'm, I'm speaking out all the answers that are incorrect. So they know what's incorrect. So I'm basically going like, I'll be like, it is not. And then I'll just go through every single answer. Like, you know, elephant, brain, time, language, voice, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then if somebody says the right answer, I won't say it out loud. But like, as I have scroll a little lower, I'll be like, but the answer was already said. So now they're like, oh, what's going on? Oh, okay. <laughs> so so that's like, yeah. And um, it's been going really well. That's just one example of a game. Sometimes I'll even play like Hangman or do a dice roll type of game, more simpler games. They're very familiar games. Uh, people will come. And uh, yeah, we've had uh, players coming, honestly, for the whole 18 months. So that type of retention, it's, it's small, uh, you know, right. any, anywhere from 20 to 100 players come through. Uh, And yeah, it's twice a week for an hour. And some of these guys have been coming for like 12, 18 months, no problem. And so we have a very engaged group. And um, if Brain Racers wasn't like my full priority, I probably would give game time a lot more attention, make it a daily show, Uh, just can't do it all. So Brain Racers is priority focus, everything. But twice a week, I do the game show Thursday, Friday. And I
1: think that format is is something I know I've talked to other people as part of the pandemic happened and people were in their houses. I mean the Zoom the Zoom meetup then became Zoom games and yeah. things like that. So I think you're you're spot on with that.
2: That's right. Yeah, I think the timing definitely helped. And right. the best thing is I really enjoy it. Uh, my community enjoys it, so I keep doing. I'll keep doing it, and and they keep giving me feedback, and we keep evolving together. It's not even like feedback; it's just organic evolution because it'll be like someone will suggest an idea and then I'll just incorporate it and we just keep evolving and I'll keep making new games. Um there's a game called Hidden that's also really well received. Um I won't go into all the games but basically yeah like there there's a few that are really well received. Clued, clued, in and Hidden uh where I write like a sentence and there are letters that will make up like bird names or body parts. Yeah, sorry no about
1: Yeah, no. So I was just curious. So you do it on TikTok and Instagram. Is it on at the same time on both platforms or do you do one on?
2: No, it's it's no, it's the same time. And uh, mostly I do it on TikTok. That's where most of our live community is. Uh, We do do Instagram, especially when we do like a game time tournament and then we'll bring it in sometimes Um, Instagram. Uh, we, uh, we have done it. What I want to do is like, basically have like a same stream on Insta, TikTok, maybe Twitch or YouTube using sort of an OBS, like a broadcasting system. Um, so that's where we're hoping to get to, but TikTok's the main go-to. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm sure
0: listeners probably have a ton of questions about things in our, uh, live chat coming from YouTube. Uh, I know. We have a question about you working with international clients and everything so if you've got some contact info that you could share those social media handles anything else uh to share that would be awesome because again i I think we've already i know there's one question but i'm sure there's lots of others out there
2: yeah i know for sure so i'll start with The uh, contact information, uh, my Twitter handle is gkana, which is my last name, gkana11, or you can go directly to Brain Racers and, and, you know, you might see me through there at Brain Racers. That is what we are on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram. Instagram is like brainracers.c, but... Uh, pretty if you search it it'll come up. Uh, you can also reach out to us uh, on our website we have our emails uh, hello at brain or uh, team at brainracer.gg uh please reach out. It's .gg because like good game or a game right so brainraces.g. Um to answer the international clients uh, part of the question uh, we do have users that are international. Uh in fact in, in our start we had a lot of users that are international but since we do a lot of the work mostly with teachers, uh, they're North America. Uh, California, West Coast, we have majority of our teachers. And then Ontario and the rest of South, uh, North America is where like the rest of them uh, are. Um, it's only a matter of time. Something like our product and our content it can be applied to the world very easily and we want to because the moment we're ready we will go and try to explode across the world and start doing like inter-country championships you can make it patriotic right whoever's playing for their state or eventually their nation and i think there's also going to be some cool um value that we don't even know of yet because once you can see uh the data of different countries doing the same types of questions and content you can really try to cross pollinate with best practices so if South Korea is doing really good at math like what are they doing that's allowing them to do that or if another country is doing great at I don't know geography or history or English like what can we take from these areas and help the rest of the world so a little bit of a, a, a united one world ta, you know um, feel to it and that's who we are what we want to be um, but international clients per se it's more users and anybody can play the game
0: Awesome. Well, I'm sure yeah. you're going to get some uh, questions yeah. <laughs> uh, on all sorts of things at this point. And uh, we can't thank you
2: enough for taking yeah, time out to tell okay. us a little bit
0: more because uh, uh, j- just looking at the website ahead of time did not do justice for uh, what you were able to tell us.
2: Yeah, no, I really appreciate y'all having me. This was great. And uh, I'm definitely going to continue listening to more Beer EDU podcasts. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time, guys, and, and for everything that y'all do for the you know the ecosystem, definitely.
0: Yeah, well, stick around. We do have yes. that uh, lesson on hard seltzers yes. here coming up, But for first, <laughs> listeners, absolutely keep the conversation going. Share some of your thoughts on today's topics by emailing us at info at beeredupodcast.com. Tweet us at beeredupod using hashtag beeredupod. You can hit us up on Facebook. Our page is beeredupodcast. That's all one word. Follow us on Instagram at beeredupod. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash youtube, where you can watch Everything live. Same with our Facebook page. Yep. And then make sure you're following GK again on Twitter, all the other socials at Gcona 11 And then leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts so more can find it. And if you want to be on the show, Ben, what does a person got to do to get on the show? Yeah, just go to
1: BeeryDupodcast.com. Yeah click on that contact subscription info link, complete the guest form. So that's all you got to do. We'd love to hear what you're passionate about. Um, you know, what are you into in education? What's your story? Just like GK had a, a great story. And we also have to make sure we thank a couple of people. School Rubric has featured the Beery podcast for quite a while and, go to schoolrubric.org and you can find so much great content. Their whole purpose is to help schools, educators, parents and students tell their stories so stakeholders can make the best choices about enrollment and staffing. And then we're also part of the Codebreaker Podcast Network. So go to codebreakeredu.com. Not only are we part of that group, but you can check out Teachers Talking Teaching, Student Centered World, STEM Everyday, Teachers on Fire and My EdTech Life just Just to name a few of those, so go check them out. We we thank them for featuring us. And GK, as as Kyle said, I hope you can stick around because Kyle, this is the part where you have a learn about. We teased this at the beginning. I believe we're talking about hard seltzer.
0: Yeah. So um, we again, we talked about this a little bit last uh, episode. We talked about the summer beers a little bit. So I decided, like, yeah, let me take a look at this a little bit. And yeah, it threw me down a rabbit hole that took me an (laughs) hour and a half to get out of. So. Uh, luckily, I didn't have anything else really going on today, so because otherwise, that would have really cut into me. I was going to
1: say you were working on this. You were working on this this afternoon because you did text me, and I was like, "Okay, I know what we're doing tonight." Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: um, so unless you lived in some cabin stuck up in the Sierra Nevada, completely cut off from civilization, you know about the hard seltzer craze that's going on. I mean, you yeah. can't get away from them at this point. So, but really, what are they? So. Now by definition, hard seltzers, they're carbonated water with alcohol and fruit flavoring. So, I mean, right. you think about like your waters like LaCroix and the, the ones that I like a lot are Spindrift, are those ones with the natural yes. fruit flavor. Um, but you know, these are just alcohol versions of them by definition. So um, they can also be called spiked seltzer, alcoholic seltzer, hard sparkling water. Um, I believe again, mine had uh, spiked sparkling water is what's written on my can. Right. Um, so different names for it. The flavors can be artificial or from real fruit juice. We we talked a little bit about that. Some of the ones that are like chemically tasting right. a little bit. Um, lots of different flavors. Cherry, watermelon, mango, pineapple. Tons of them out there. Again, mine was raspberry and lemongrass tonight. Yep. So, and you had mine to was mandarin orange. So now to get the alcohol, it's not like, you know, we, we kind of joked about having a vodka soda before we started recording. It's not just simply pouring a little vodka in a can adding carbonated water and sealing it up and calling it a day like beer hard seltzers are going to get their alcohol from fermentation so yeast consuming sugar so uh now where the difference comes in is hard seltzers they typically use cane sugar so instead of uh the barley the malted barley like beer does um sometimes you'll get malted barley ones but at that point they're technically a flavored malt beverage like a Mm -hmm. it off rice guess what we're going to be doing for our next episode topic? Because (laughs) that rabbit hole I fell down. So (laughs) now if it is fermented with cane sugar, for you gluten-free ones out there, those are for you. So you can have those ones because there's no gluten in them at that point. But if it is fermented with barley, there's going to be gluten. So make sure you're checking your labels uh, and see what the ingredients are. So again, it's mostly going to be cane sugar if uh, it's going to be gluten-free. So... They tend to be, quote, unquote, healthier versions of alcoholic drinks because they're about 4 to 6% ABV, typically. They're usually around 100 calories where right. most and of the IPAs you and I are drinking, Ben, those are hitting about 250 a can. Yeah. yeah. So um, what do we-
1: Yes, I know that.
0: What's uh, your phrase? Oh, it pours like a sandwich. Pours like a sandwich. (laughs) Yes. So um, they do tend to be lower in sugar. Um, Usually they're like at most three grams of sugar for a serving, Um, but they do it. There are ones out there to kind of sweeten them up. They add a little more sugar to them. So um, if you're trying to stay away from sugar or various chemical additives for like flavoring or extending shelf life, Check your labels a little bit again because some of the, that can happen in some of these.
1: If so. you're trying to stay away from sugar, I hate to tell you this, you should probably stay away from alcohol because there's a whole science thing there going on with the alcohol turning to sugar, but that's another yeah, story. That's, yeah, that's a whole
0: other thing right there. So Now, there are a ton of options out there. White Claw is probably one of the first ones, probably one of the yep. more popular ones that are out there. I, I've never had one. Um, there was a period of time a few years ago where if I saw somebody drinking one of those while vaping, I had vulgar words to say about them, so I won't get into that. Um, most macro breweries, they're going to have hard seltzers now. Uh, yeah. Bud Light has a whole line of hard seltzers yes. at this point. Yeah. So I think Miller uh, does, or one of the other big ones. Coors, I believe, does. As they well. all have to.
1: So, they all. Um, I'm sure they, they all
0: do. To compete, they have to pretty <laughs> much. So, and then a lot of your smaller breweries are jumping on it now too. So Mojave <laughs> Brewing uh, here in Henderson, where I live. During the summer, they have a handful of hard seltzers. Uh, they have a margarita lime one called Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. That's really good. <laughs> okay. Excellent. So um, I don't um, believe it's been on just yet, but I'm going to have to double check. So, um, and again, these not, don't confuse these with the flavored malt beverages. We'll get more into those. And then another future episode, we're going to get into hard sodas, which is well, another it- different thing. And I have to go look because, you know, Tentor, which is a
1: local brewery here up north, they do a bunch of different – they do like a lavender lemonade one and some other stuff. And I got to go look because I actually have some. I don't know what, what which, which category those go in.
0: Yeah, Tentor, they do all sorts of stuff because don't they distill as well?
1: They do. They do. Oh. So they're also a distillery. So yeah. whatever they distill, I think, is part of the process. So I don't know if that's a hard seltzer or a hard yeah. soda.
0: Well, and then there's also now this line of they—they they look like they're hard seltzers, but they're actually vodka and soda in a can. Right. So there's right. those now too. There's um, maybe it's that. The one that I'm thinking of is this brand called High Noon. And yes, those are actually those are really good because I'm a I'm a vodka soda drinker anyway. Um, yep. When I want to drink, um, you know, something simple, um, and those High Noon ones are really good actually. Cool. So. Nice. Well, so that is are. the beginning of the rabbit hole. There's more Oh, that's going to be spread across more of our episodes here. <laughs> episodes.
1: So it's awesome. right on. Cool. Well, GK, thank you so much for, for joining us. Yes. You know, staying up late. You are you're on the other side of, of, of North of America. So we appreciate you being with us.
2: Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks again for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm sure uh, we'll be in touch. And thank you for anybody watching and listening.
0: So check out, check out Brain Races. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Check it out. And, and my my son's in the background, excited about it too. You can probably hear him. And yes. listeners, yes. thank yes. you as always. And until next time, may hey, the bolts and the hot it. Right on.